Welcome to the Take Back Your Territory podcast, Food Freedom. In these episodes, we reframe our minds over the power of food and reclaim our freedom every single day. You can purchase the Food Freedom book in Kindle or paperback versions on Amazon.com. Our first freedom group begins September 13th, 2021, so reserve your spot on TakeBackYourTerritory.com. If you would like one-on-one coaching fully customized to your specific food freedom needs, I am enrolling clients now. Just head over to the website or contact me on social media at Take Back Your Territory. Now, let's get started. Welcome to episode 62 of the Take Back Your Territory podcast. Today, we are talking about reframing the old man. If you have um, not listened to our other podcast about food freedom, they start at episode 45. I'm not going to be reviewing much in this episode. I'm pretty much just going to be charging ahead because this train still has steam. Food freedom is based on Ephesians 4.20 through... 24. I'm going to read it for you now. This is the NASB version. Um, Paul here is talking to the church at Ephesus about being callous and hard, hard in their hearts and not learning, um, not learning from mistakes and not learning Christ the right way. Ephesians 4.20 starts, but you did not learn Christ in this way. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught in him, just as truth is in Jesus, that in reference to your former manner of life, you lay aside the old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with lusts of deceit, and that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on the new self, which is in the likeness of God, has been created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. And I pretty much summarized that scripture as take off the old man, be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and put on the new man. And a lot of the work that we do here in Food Freedom is no longer identifying with the old man, allowing ourselves to be renewed in the spirit of our mind, and putting on the new self. Um, If you actually look this scripture up in the original Greek, putting on and taking off are active verbs that we are to do. It is an action that we are to take. But being renewed in the spirit of our mind is a passive verb where we are to let these things happen. And even even as I'm talking about this, if I'm going to let something happen to me, that means I have to surrender. That means I have to kind of open my hands and let go of all of the other things that I thought were true and just let truth come in, let healing come in, let my mind be renewed, let my mind be wrapped around new concepts and new ways of thinking, new ways of doing. In the Food Freedom Program, we talk about um, separating ourselves, our true selves, our real selves from the saboteur from this voice that comes to sabotage our efforts towards health. Um, It is the urgency to emotionally eat or head into the cupboard for a binge. It is the driver of doubt. Um, The saboteur is basically 
everything that's going to cut you down and everything that's going to put a wedge in between you and your freedom um, and try to be distracted, try to distract you from hope and wholeness and wellness and freedom and life and joy. John 10.10 says that the thief comes to only kill, steal, and destroy. But I have come that you may have life, said Jesus, and have it in abundance. So when we think about taking off the old self and being renewed in the spirit of our mind and putting on the new self, I want you to see these things as black and white. It's, you know, just as Deuteronomy 30 teaches, it's life or death. It's black or white. And sometimes when we're walking through healing, when we are releasing things to allow ourselves to be renewed in our minds, there's a gray area, there's a wilderness, there's a valley that we walk through. And a lot of things come up when we start walking, when we start going after healing. A lot of um, revelation of, I've been using this as an unhealthy coping mechanism coping mechanism. I need a boundary around this. I need to have a boundary in this relationship. Oh, look what else I've been doing and cycling through binge eating, shopping, drinking, like all these different things, right? When revelation comes, when when the Holy Spirit comes, when freedom comes, it often is incredibly uncomfortable. And Sometimes things get worse before they get better. But that is why it is our job to remain consistent, to remain steadfast, to remain fixed on the end game, fixed on the finish line, fixed on the prize. That's why in Food Freedom, I have you visualize yourself a year from now, 100% free from food, walking in accordance with the spirit rather than accordance with the flesh. We visualize, we, um, what does it feel like in your body? What do you feel like emotionally? What are the new habits that you have? What are your relationships like? And I believe that going after this visualization is kind of bringing in this new man and visualizing that it is possible for you to be 100% free from food. Also in this visualization, I have you go through a why not. I have you look at if you remained stuck in this stuff now, if you remained in emotional binge or disordered eating cycle, what is your life going to be like a year from now or five years or 10 years? And a lot of those things that reveal is that we would be heavier, our clothes would be tighter, financially we wouldn't be as sound, maybe it would even come into relationships, maybe our marriage wouldn't be as strong, maybe our friendships wouldn't be as strong because we feel ashamed. Um, and, And even what I've learned in my own life is that I believe the lie that I couldn't minister to anyone around me because I was still in bondage to food. How could I go preach the gospel to an addict on the corner and tell him the love of Christ when I myself had not received the love of Christ in my darkest hour, in the place that I needed freedom? I allowed my bondage and my sin and my old man to get in the way of me living 
this new life that was already bought and paid for me on the cross, living in the new man, living in freedom. And as your coach, as your fellow sister in Christ, I am here to help you. So I want you to think along the lines of, and I know that this is separate from the book, this is separate from the teaching, and this is probably going to be included in the one-on-one and group coaching. But if you have already been saved, if you have already given your life to Christ, and you are slowly or quickly walking out this salvation, this sanctification process, um, and you are wrestling with the old man and trying to take it off and trying to be renewed in your mind and trying not to go back to the thing, trying not to go back to the pit. First of all, I want you to tell, I want to say good job. You're doing it right. If you are struggling, if there is tension, if you're like, what in the holy fire is going on? Good job. Because this is the hard and holy work. This is the down and dirty. This is where we're getting dirt and grease and grime under our fingernails because we're digging in to remove lies from our minds and replace them with truth. I'm going to read from Romans 6, starting at uh, 4, 6-4. Therefore, we have been buried with him through baptism into death, so that as Christ was raised from the dead, through the glory of the Father, so we might too walk in the newness of life. For if we have become united with him in the likeness of his death, certainly we should also be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old self was crucified with him, in order that our body of sin might be done away with, so that we would no longer be slaves to sin. For he who has died is freed from sin. He who has died is free from sin. So the fact of the matter is, is that if you have been saved, that old man, that part of you that was bent towards perversion, deception, death, that old man is dead. It died with Christ. It died with Jesus. It went to that tomb. It went to the grave. All of those things that you had done in in the name of pain or trauma or just sin in general, they have already been dealt with. They have already been bought back. They have already been paid for. And it is no longer you who live, but Christ who lives in you. But what happens is that our brains have an attachment to this old man through the memory of a habit. Think about that. That is what we go after in food freedom. We go after that saboteur. We go after the attachment through memory, which if you know about the brain, that's in the amygdala. It's in the limbic system. Through memory of a habit. So that's neuroplasticity. That's, that's brain function and everything like that, right? But just think about this. Your habits, the way that you dealt with pain, the way that you dealt with life, the way that you dealt with emotions, the way that you dealt with however, our brains searched for something to comfort, 
Our brains searched for something to pacify, and the closest thing to us was probably food. And in that, we learned a habit. We learned a belief system and and a, um, a stronghold setup where if I'm feeling blank, I can reach for food and it will make me feel better. That's a habit. And that's a memory. And that's the part that has to be renewed. So what if we considered ourselves, as the Bible says, as God even considers us when he looks at us? Because when God looks down at you, he doesn't see your sin. He doesn't see your old man. He sees the resurrected you. He sees you in Christ. He sees the perfect work of his son. He sees that the cross was enough. He sees the gravity of what was done that day. He sees you perfected. And that old man, that old way of thinking is dead and buried and in the grave. And so that's why we go after renewing our minds. That's why we go after cutting off that memory of the habit. That's why we go after the saboteur, where we go after the voice that speaks lies, speaks death, condemnation, fear, anxiety. Because the fact of the matter is that if we remembered that all of this has already been paid for, and that part of you, that part of me, that old man has already been buried is dead and buried in the grave. And that who is here now is the new man, the resurrected man, the clean woman, the clean man. Romans 6, part of 13 says, but present yourselves to God as those alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin, for sin shall not be be master over you, for you are under no law, but under grace. What then? Shall we sin because we are under, not under law, but under grace? May it never be. Do you not know that when you present yourselves as someone as slaves for obedience, you are slaves to the one you obey, either of sin resulting in death or of obedience resulting in righteousness? But thanks be to God that though you were slaves to sin, you became obedient from the heart you became obedient from the heart to that form of teaching to which you were committed and having been freed from sin you became slaves to righteousness so that word righteousness here makes me go back to the scripture that i use for teaching of discipline and viewing, being consistent with your food rules, being consistent with reframing out of the lies, being consistent with separating yourself, the person that you are today, the renewed, redeemed person that you are today, running towards that real self, that whole self, that redeemed self that you are in Christ, and fully separating from that old man, allowing your mind to be renewed, allowing the attachment you have to food or whatever substance is out there separating and and cleaning out that memory of a habit that memory of going to something 
That's why we add things rather than subtract. We're creating new memories. We're creating new neural pathways. We're creating new ways of doing things because those old ways of doing things weren't working for us then and they're certainly not going to work for us now and they're certainly not going to work for us going into the future. I'm going to tell you something that having one coaching call with me and having a few accountability sessions with me with food freedom is not going to get you free. Because the truth is, is that you have to do this every single day. You have to reframe every single day. You have to feel that anxiety. You have to feel that tension in your body. You have to get into your body, get into your emotions, hear the thoughts that are actually going from your brain and coming with boldness saying, no, I am not going to defy the temple of the Holy Spirit. I am not going to eat food to help my pain. I'm going to run to the throne of God. I'm going to seek the face of Christ and receive his peace and receive his patience and receive his love. Because whatever is in that cupboard and whatever is in that drive-thru and whatever that saboteur, that part of our brain thinks that that chocolate cake is going to help is a lie. It's a lie. It's not going to fix the problem. It's actually just going to make it worse because what happens on the back end? What happens when we fall? What happens when we give in? It makes the habit stronger. It creates a stronger stronghold. It it solidifies, yep, this is what we do. And it's going to be harder to break down the road. So I want you to think of freedom now. Not tomorrow, not on Monday, not next year, not next month, not on your birthday. Freedom now. And doing these things consistently, day after day, meal after meal, moment after moment. Because sometimes in my own walk, in my own journey towards food freedom, I was a moment by moment girl. I couldn't even live to see the next meal because I could only focus on not eating. I could only focus on, and I'm not talking about starving, I'm not talking about restricting, I'm talking about... And we're talking about breaking the habit of going to food to fulfill, to fill an emotion that's uncomfortable. I had to feel the emotion. I had to feel the discomfort. I had to endure for discipline, as as, um, Hebrews 12, 7 says. I want you to realize, I want you to receive and accept that you are already free. It's an already not yet. (laughs) Yes and amen, you were free on the cross. Yes and amen, you you were resurrected with Christ. Yes and amen, you fully get to live in the new man, fully. 
And that's why we, we, we work out our starvation with fear and trembling. We walk this thing out every single day. We do it with endurance. We do it with discipline. And we do it with a mindset of no matter what. Knowing that this freedom is already bought and paid for, it means that you don't have to pay for it. You don't have to slave away and do it. You can make your slaves, yourself a slave to obedience and a slave to righteousness and a slave to discipline all under the guise, all under the umbrella of God. And when I think of the word slave, I don't think of, I think of bondservant. I think of that nail that we, we would put in the ear back, I don't know if it was like the 1800s. But to say that you were committed to serve someone, you marked yourself, you put a nail in your ear that was a bondservant, that was a, I am a servant to this person. I am already taken. I am already taken. And I'm not going to be a slave. I'm not going to be a servant to anyone else because I'm already taken. So that's when I think of the word slave, I think of a bondservant. I think of, I'm submitting to you. I'm submitting to your word. I'm submitting to your truth. I'm submitting to your spirit rather than submitting to what is going to enslave me, what is going to stronghold me to sin and death. To wrap this up, I'm going to repeat Hebrews 12:11, which is all discipline for the moment seems to not be joyful, but sorrowful. Yet to those who have been trained for it, or trained by it, rather, afterwards it yields a peaceful fruit of righteousness. All discipline for the moment is not joyful, but sorrowful. Yet to those who have been trained by it, this is your training ground. This is removing the attachment, removing the memory of going to that habit. This is what you're training out of yourself. This is what you're renewing. To those who have been trained by it afterwards, it yields a peaceful fruit of righteousness. As Paul said that the kingdom of God is not whatever you eat or drink, but it is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And I know that he was talking about, in context, he was talking about people eating things, um, sacrifice to false gods and, and, and enjoying, and you know that's a completely different thing that I'm talking about here. But the fact of the matter is, if we square on that one scripture, that the kingdom of God is not what you eat or drink, but it is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Those are the things that we want to be bondservants to. Righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Spirit. Because I know from my own perspective, when I was in the throes of food addiction, emotional eating, disordered eating, binge eating, I was not a slave to righteousness, peace, or joy in the Holy Spirit. I was a slave to shame, condemnation, death, disease, feelings of being out of control. But we are to come up, come up out of that, come up out of our graves, come up out of 
the pit of destruction, and we are to come into the new life. This feels really heavy. (laughs) So I'm just going to say a prayer to close this up. So Father, in Jesus' name, I ask that whoever is a hearer of this today, that they receive truth, that they receive boldness to remove that old man off of them, to put that old man back in the grave where it belongs. Father, I ask for an anointing on their minds that when the saboteur is speaking, when that false voice is speaking, that they will receive revelation from your Holy Spirit to know that that is not you, that that is not them, but that is what is coming to still kill and destroy them. Father, I ask for a protection over these, these humans, their minds, their bodies, their hearts, Lord, even their families and their place of, of where they live, Lord, that it be a sanctuary, a place of peace, a place of healing, not a place of struggle or strife, Lord. I ask that you help them put up proper boundaries for their lives, in their relationships, around food, in their spending, and in their living, Lord. I ask for discernment to come, discretion to come, but also your healing to supernaturally come to fall upon them, Lord. That they will go to bed one way, and they will wake up a new way. That those habits will be broken, those memories will be forgotten, And those attachments will be to you and not to the food or not to the substance, not to the dependence. Lord, we want to be your bondservants. We want to have your nail in our ears. We want to say that we're all in. So Lord, in Jesus' name, we are all in. Remove these old ways of thinking, these old patterns of doing, these bends towards the pit. God, help us look up and come into your light, to come into your life, to come into your kingdom, which is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.